worship. Come on, Emma Faye. Can't take my worship. Can't take my worship. Just like he did to Job, but he can't take your worship, no matter what. 
And that right there is enough to make you jump around and smile and dance and give almighty praise to God for that reason right there. Just like that man was doing on that stage. The enemy can take a lot of things. I can tell you that. But you know what? Can't take your worship. And that's what it's all about. Folks, thank you so much. Thousand people strong already. Ten minutes into the show. Ready to hear the word of God. Ready to worship. Ready to fellowship. Ready to talk with other God-fearing patriots here in the live chat. Make sure that you are signed in so that you can speak to every one of our LFA Rise Up family members right in the live chat. Make sure you're signed in so that you can smash that rumble button. And also, folks, do me the kind favor of sharing out the link because God says spread the gospel to all the creatures of the world. And that means every day. Thank you so very much. It is Friday. Eli, we made it again. Another week. Another week closer to making America great again. Another week closer to making America godly again. Another week away, further away from a, a, a long-suffering uh, political hack job that we've been under for the last three years. But we can always, always, no matter what, worship. Right? We can always worship. No, um, no Eva Braun says, I'm working, can't really chat, but had to say that. Well, thank you very much for being here even while you're working and, uh, you know, consuming the message, consuming the gossip, a gospel, not gossip while you're working, while you're making your way through the day, there's nothing better. So hallelujah to that. Um, Jeff Hoff says, if you're not in live chat, you're missing out. I promise it is. It, you, 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 you make a lot of friends. You make a lot of lifelong, beautiful, um, brothers and sister friendships in Christ. Uh, in this live chat. I mean, people are, uh, people are actually getting together in real life, you know, from the live chat. And, and that's what it's all about, bringing people together. And, you know, you can take a lot of things. You can take our health. You can take our uh, happiness, but you can't take our joy. You can take money, finances. You can cause us to be, um, you know, lonely, take people away from us, around us, make people, lead people away from us. But guess what you can't take? Our worship. And that's the greatest thing. Can you imagine something that the government can't take? Something that a tyrant can't take? Something that a thief can't take? Is there anything in the world that the government and thieves and tyrants and persecutors can't take? There's nothing except for worship. They can't take your worship from you. They can throw you in the deepest, darkest pit of hell. They can throw you into the pit of hell with Satan. And Satan can kidnap you and you can still worship. There's nowhere you can't worship. And there's nobody that can take it from you. Really is truly amazing. Jeremy, you have to check out Miles Minnick's new song called Squabble. I will. I'll check that out. I'm always up for new good worship songs. You can't take the Jesus out of me. Woo! Can't take the Jesus out of me. That should be in a song. God bless you. All right, folks. Today, titled the show, Shepherd Becomes the Lamb. Now, I did get a newsletter out. It was a little late, but I did get a newsletter out, so you might want to check your newsletters, okay? Uh, the title of today's newsletter and today's show is Shepherd Becomes the Lamb. 
Shepherd becomes the lamb. Now, that's something that we all know. But there's a lot more to the shepherd becoming the lamb than you think. There's a lot more to it. And uh, we're going to get into that today. Um, just so you guys have your Bibles open, please open your Bibles um, to John chapter 1, okay? And just have them open to John chapter 1. Now, if you hear me referring to the name Yochanan, Yochanan, it is John. It's just in the Jewish Bible. So if you hear me say Yochanan, it means John, John the Baptist, right? <clears throat> the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, so if you hear me say, the next day, Yochanan saw Jesus coming towards him or saw Yeshua coming towards him, that's, uh, you'll know that that's what I'm talking about, okay? Um, happy birthday to Denise. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Denise. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Denise. God bless you. Yes, we hope you have a wonderful birthday full of love, joy, the Lord, scripture, family, friends, cake, right? Gotta have some cake. Um, and a big shout out to Carol126, TD Hodges, Danes X, Wayne Davis, Chris DL. Thank you so very much. Trishy 10, Brown Sugar, God Chick, Love Bug, E.D. Pie, Piglet 1964, Arthur Nettler. Big shout out, Race Mom, Michelle Curl. Thank you for being here. Angry Hot Dog, don't be so angry. Put some ketchup on that hot dog and you'll be just fine. A little bit of relish. Uh, Jay gives me my birthday is Sunday. Well, happy early birthday to you as well. We hope you have a great birthday. Okay, let's get into it, folks. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're 17 minutes past the hour. We got a lot to get, uh, get through today. We got a lot to discuss. So let's bow our heads and let's go to our Father God in heaven and everywhere else in prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, what an amazing, amazing week we've had this week, full of Bible scripture full of conversation and communication with you, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. It's brought us so much joy. It's brought us so much happiness and thanksgiving to our hearts. We've had smiles on our faces all week long in the face of all this evil, in the face of all of this tyrannical prosecution and persecution, not only on people that we trust and, 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 and hope in, but also uh, our own lives, people harassing us and bullying us from government and everywhere else, uh, political people. And through all of that, they can't take our worship. And today we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to be talking about what it took for a shepherd to become the lamb. And we pray that you are with us today, that you are dwelling in this Godcast with us today, and that we can rely on the Holy Spirit for all of the teaching, all of the listening, all of the, uh, the words that come out of my mouth. We pray that they are inspired by God through the Holy Spirit for these wonderful, great people, Lord. Thank you so very much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Carla put hands, prayers up to everybody's birthday. God bless. Uh, Jeremy, the J in Hebrew is really pronounced like a Y. Yochanan. Yeah, I, that's, isn't that how I pronounced it? Yochanan. John, Yochanan. 
It's not Joe Cannon, right? <laughs> Hi, all. I'm back. T. Mitchell, how are you? Good to see you. Um, all right. Let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to read the uh, description of today's show, and then we're going to get right into the Bible verse itself. Rise Up, episode number 299. Now, you guys know episode 300 is Monday. I reached out to Ray Comfort. I reached out to Frank Turek. I reached out to Ken Ham. Ken Ham and Ray Comfort are both in Australia for a, um, a Christian convention there right now and will be there for, like, quite a while. Um, Ray, I don't know if Ray's going to be there as long as as Ken as Ken is, um, but they are both uh, gone out of the country right now, and uh, I at least got a Ken Ham response saying he'll come on the show as soon as he comes back. Uh, Frank Turek, I did not get an answer from. So, uh, still, you know, it doesn't matter if it's three hundred or four hundred. The all glory is going to God. God is our guest for the day, always. So, you know, these people will come on on God on God's time, and uh, when that time comes, it'll be great, right? Um, can't take my worship, says L. Dooley. That's right. All right, 1,300 people in here. One, one must become the other. In this case for salvation, the shepherd had to become the lamb. There needed to be a give and a take. There needed to be a sacrifice because there's law. And God is a just God. God is a God of law. So there needed to be a give and take. There needed to be a sacrifice there. A perfect balance. Jesus, Yeshua, Emmanuel, the Son of God, was, is, and will always be that which brings peace and balance to your lives. What he is, And what he willingly became is the most sad, sorrowful, but beautiful and joyful story of all time. Today, we will talk about how the shepherd became the lamb. So please help me share the gospel, not gossip, today. I have another treat for you today. My daughter, Shaylin, wrote a poem that was published in a worldwide publication in books last year. Now, this is not a Christian publication. And she wrote a Christian poem that got picked to be, selected to be in the book. They reached out to her this year. She won a spot with this poem in that book last year. She submitted the poem. It was a Christian poem. She won in a secular uh, writing competition and she won and because she won last year they invited her back this year as a definite she doesn't have to submit it to win or anything they want her writing back in it this year and you get to hear her poem from last year today and it's going to be truly amazing so let's get to the verse of the day today please open up your Bibles to John 1 And we're going to go all the way to verse 29, okay? Now, when you hear me read this, 
I'm going to read what I sent to all of you, and then I am going to read from the complete Jewish Bible, the other translation, okay? John 1, 29 and 30 reads this. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now let me read to you from the complete Jewish Bible. The next day, Yochanan saw Yeshua coming toward him and said, Look, God's lamb, the one who is taking away the sin of the world. I want to stop right there. For John the Baptist, Yochanan, to say the lamb, that means that he understood the prophecy that his cousin, Yeshua, was going to have to become a lamb and be sacrificed and die in order to free the world, not of Caesar, but of sin. Knew this. And Yeshua, Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is such... Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Let me just continue to read this. Look, God's lamb, the one who is taking away the sin of the world. This is the man I was talking about when I said, after me is coming someone who has come to rank above me because he existed before me. Now, Jesus, Yeshua, calls John the Baptist, Yochanan, the greatest prophet of all time. The greatest of all prophets above Abraham, above Elisha, above Jeremiah, above all of them. Jesus puts Yochanan, John the Baptist, as the greatest or above all other prophets, the prophet above prophets. I must lose popularity and he must gain popularity. What an amazing, astute statement. Now, are you ready for your mind to be blown? The shepherd laid down his life as a lamb. Think about a shepherd. Think about young David being a shepherd. He's in charge of those sheep. That herd only listens to him. He is the one in charge. He's the one that keeps safe. He's the one that grooms and keeps fed the flock. That's what Jesus is to us. But Jesus laid down his life for us as a helpless lamb. Our good shepherd became the helpless lamb to be led into the wilderness 
to depend only on the Father himself. As an example to us who are the sheep of God's pasture. He had to show us the way. See, prior to Jesus, all prophets could only tell us the way. Jesus didn't just talk the talk. Jesus walked the walk. Now, I'm not saying that other prophets didn't go through absolute agony and hell at the, at the you know, the foot of, uh, of enemies or anything like that. I'm not saying they didn't go through any pain. What I'm saying is they could never walk the walk like Jesus could. And Jesus came to say, okay, now I'm here to show you as an example what you are to do. And I, the strongest, the most powerful among anybody on this planet, will become the weakest among you, not only in my birth, but even in my death, to show you an example. And I will depend only on Father God. I won't depend on an army. I won't depend on my power. I won't depend on the the 12 legions of angels that I could call upon in any second to do anything, to wipe out any adversary, including Satan himself. I could do all that. But I'm refraining. Talk about the ultimate, ultimate um, ability to control yourself, self-control. Something God wants all of us to be able to do. The shepherd who became the lamb only to become arrested, falsely accused, beaten, tortured, and ultimately killed the lamb who was silent before his shearers as they bound him beat him and took him away to be delivered to the slaughterer Pilate. Now, when sheep are round up to be sheared or to be killed, slaughtered, they're silent. They don't know what's going on. They were deaf, dumb, and blind, basically, and ignorant to what was to become of them. Not Jesus. Jesus acted like a lamb who was ignorant as to what was going to become of him, even though knowing everything that was about to happen. Now, when I told you that there needed to be a give and a take, when I told you that there needed to be a balance, when I told you that there needed to be a sacrifice, everybody in this scenario that I'm about to lay out became something different in order to achieve and to fulfill destiny. And that is this. The creator, at this moment, in this analogy, in this parable, became the creature. The one that would ultimately take the lamb out of this world. The creator became the creature The shepherd became the sheep. The Lord became the lamb. The deliverer was delivered 
to his slaughterers. And the Lamb of God took upon himself the sin of the world, past, present, and future. Behold, the Lamb of God, the one that I told you comes before me, the one that takes his place above everyone else, the one who was before me and will be after me, the Lamb of God. He was born helpless. He was betrayed and he died helpless. He had no money. He had no family. He had no wife. He had no child. He had no home. But yet he had everything that we desire. He had everything that we seek Monday through Monday from the minute we wake up until the minute we go to bed. He was so rich, but he was so poor. He was so mighty, but he was so weak. That is the Lamb of God. Beautiful. Not deserving, are we, of what he did. And you might think he did that for humanity as a whole. No. He did that for Jeremy Harrell. He did that for Eli Ellis. He did that to Miranda Dolan. Thank you for the donation, Miranda. You know how much we need it and how much we appreciate it. He did that for Brenda. uh, Brenda. He did it for Bad Moon and Jay Gizme. He did it for you individually, and you just happen to be part of a bigger whole. That's what you need to understand. He didn't say, oh, there's a group of people to come. I'll do it for them. He did it for you individually, and that is why you have a personal relationship with the man, the myth, the legend, the son of God, the holy one who became the weakest of the bunch. So you didn't have to burn forever in hell. Amazing. There's no other way to say it, but amazing and undeserved. Behold the lamb. Pretty incredible, isn't it? And now I would like to read for you my daughter's poem that just blew my mind. This poem that my daughter wrote that she submitted into a national competition last year into a non-Christian organization that publishes uh, people's poems and writings. She wrote this that I'm about to read to you. She won. She got published and she's been invited back this year. This poem is titled, Tree on Which a Hinge Was Hung. Now, mind you, she was 14, just turning 15, when she wrote this. There was never, by the way, this is going to hit you, 
So make sure you have your tissues ready. There was never a tree compacted with such sorrow. Layered with hatred that will still be there tomorrow. Never a tree boiled over with this much shame. And still to this day, it possesses its fame. Not a tree filled with death within each crack. Not a tree where the reason for its death it lacked. There was never a tree that on it a king was hung. The hinge crucified had no more air in his lungs. As he And as he hung there, still moving no more, the people knew that things were now different than before. And that was from my daughter, Shaylin Harrell, to a secular, non-faith-based national organization that took that beautiful poem that I just wrote for you and published it, which gave her an automatic spot to write anything that she wanted this year without having it be in a competition. Now, the worst part about that, and this is the part that's going to hit me, so I'm going to get my... (laughs) I'm going to get mine stuff ready. She wrote that in 2022. Unfortunately, I read this last night and I was working so incredibly hard at that point, endless hours coming into the studio at 6.30 in the morning and not leaving until 7 at night. I never read that until last night. I knew that she was doing it. I knew that she'd been selected. But I was so busy with politics And trying to save this country that I didn't even know what the poem said. Which was a gut punch last night to let me know that all those years I wasn't nearly as good as a father as I thought I was. And that hurt. And I cried when I read that last night. And I gave her the biggest hug. And I told her how proud I was of her, how sorry I was that I never read that before, how incredibly shameful 
that I felt reading that for the first time, and it's almost two years old. And you know what she said? That's okay, Dad. It's fine. So, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing young girl she is, isn't she? And that is why I had to stop doing the 5 o'clock show. Well, that's, that's one reason. I was running myself ragged. I wasn't healthy. And uh, I wasn't there for the people who needed me to be there. <laughs> Jay Gizme says, now I'm crying again. SL20 says, amen, brother. U.S. Trump for life says, it happens. You're a great dad. Well, I didn't feel like one last night. I'll tell you that. My parents never read my poems, said Majogo. Wow, what an amazing, talented young lady for writing such an inspiring poem, said Lesko Lugo. Miranda said you made the absolute best decision when you got rid of the five o'clock show. It took, that was a hard one, actually. That was, that was harder than I thought it was going to be to actually give up that five o'clock hour. But man, did I gain so much more back. Man, did I gain so much more back. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is that hour for Ray Comfort. Now, this is quite a long video from Ray Comfort. It is 14 minutes. And he does talk about the singer Usher in the very beginning because Usher claims to be Christian. And... Uh, And whether he is or whether he isn't, Ray Comfort had something to say about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday. It is Comfort Fridays. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Comfort. We're going to look at Usher's faith in Jesus and, consequently, what's wrong with modern Christianity. Usher got that name from his father, Usher Raymond III, who left home when his son was still young. There was like a moment in time where your kids were saying, Dad, you should do the Super Bowl, and you knew you were doing the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. Uh, As of August the 11th, I knew, and I had to keep it a secret up until the grand unveiling for the world, and I couldn't let my kids know. So (laughs) my kids were like, Dad, you should play the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, really? That's a good idea. You might want to pray about that. You should pray about that, man. If you feel like I really deserve it, man, let's just say a prayer together. So I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) But their prayers were answered. Their prayers were answered. A few of his prayers will be answered too. Usher, can you talk about how important spirituality is to you and what type of foundation do you have to keep you grounded in this industry? Um, Well, I think Flavor Flav said it best, don't believe the hype, you know? But, um, you know, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has kept me grounded. And, um, you know, luckily I was blessed with a family. and I was around people as a child who, you know, made me go to church, made me understand uh, Christ and the relationship of having, you know, I mean, having a relationship with God. And uh, that has always kept me centered. Okay. This is what we're going to do today. We're going to visualize the reality of the world we want to be in. I want you to find a comfortable spot. I want you to sit down or either lay down. Set a timer for five minutes and close your eyes uninterrupted. Start by visualizing the ideal performance space that you see in your mind. Is it a field? Are you in an arena? Are you in a stadium? Are you in your church? 
are you at your school? Whatever you visualize, that is the reality that you're setting for yourself. What does it sound like? What color are the walls? What color are the seats, the stadium seats? Watch your fans slowly fill into the space. Listen to their excitement. Picture yourself backstage calmly waiting to perform for your audience, who's excited to see you perform, who came to hear you sing, see you dance, watch you perform for them. Where did he get that from? This is where he may have heard it. We give visualization prayer treatments here for health, happiness, love, success, and prosperity. And they work. People visualize for automobiles and homes and so on, and they leave here and come back the next week and bring the keys to their new Cadillacs and they're parked outside. What I'm dealing with here, people, is not some type of theology, a pie in the sky by and by when you die. But before we leave here in the next few minutes, I want to do a visualization prayer treatment with you for your health, happiness, love, success, and prosperity, and yes, just plain money. Gaining money by first visualizing it may be appealing to some, but it's certainly not in the Bible. In fact, the scriptures warn of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. In other words, stay away from these preachers. Do you remember what it was that sent the prodigal son back to his father saying, I've sinned against heaven, make me your hired servant? It was the knowledge that his desires were for filthy pig food. And because preachers no longer show sinners that their desires are unclean, they don't talk about the sins of the flesh, lust or fornication or adultery or lying or stealing, the prodigal goes back to his father not because he sinned against heaven and wants to be his father's servant, instead he goes back to the father because he's run out of money and he says to his father, you be my servant. God becomes nothing but a means of gain. Watch this man respond to the biblical gospel. Make sense? Yeah. Good to talk to you, man. Anything else to say? What he then said blew me away. And then you'll hear something amazing that Usher's father said to him about God that was life-changing. Don't miss it. Make sure you watch until the end of this video. Have you heard of Usher? Oh, yes. You like his music? Yeah, most definitely. You believe in God? Sometimes. And when don't you believe in him? When I see, like, the news and stuff like that, see everybody dying and stuff. How would that make you not believe in God? That's like buying a brand new Toyota and saying how well the car's made and you have a crash and run over people that get hurt and you say, oh, no one made the Toyota. That's illogical. You'd say something went wrong with the car that made me crash rather than nobody made the Toyota. And when you look around, you can see the genius of God's handiwork. And just because there's suffering, you don't say there's no one that made everything. You say something's radically wrong. Am I right? Yeah. And the Bible says what's wrong. We live in a fallen creation. We've sinned against God. The Bible says we're enemies of God. Do you think you're an enemy of God? Nah, I think he likes me. How about are you an enemy to him? Quite favored. Ever used his name in vain? Yes. Do you love your mum? No. You hate your mum? Yes. You've just broken the fifth commandment. It says honor your father and mother. Yeah, most people wouldn't use your mum's name as a cuss word, but you've taken the name of the God that gave you life and used it in place of a four-letter S word to express disgust. That's evidence that you hate God. It's called blasphemy, punishable by death. Now, are you doing anything you think God would frown upon? Yes. Such as? Uh... Do you want me to take a guess? Yeah. When did you last look at pornography? I couldn't tell you, but I have. Yeah, what do you think God thinks of that? That's blasphemous. Well, it's... 
It's not pleased with it. Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Did you know that? You've read the Bible multiple times. Oh, yeah. I know what it says. How many lies have you told? It's uh, hard to count, but I try not to lie. That's, that's not a good trait. You ever stolen something? Oh, yes, most definitely. Have you had sex before marriage? I would uh, have to say yes. So you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. So if God, <laughs> if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, mm-hmm. you're going to be innocent or guilty? As of right now, guilty. Yeah, the Bible says you've got an appointment to keep. It's an appointment with death. Death is an arresting officer. And death is going to seize upon you and drag you before the judge of the universe to answer for violating God's law. That's pretty scary, especially when you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer at heart. Ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Ever heard that? Yes. Saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge who looks at a criminal and says, I'm a good person, judge, but he's committed murder. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. And Elijah's sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. And your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. And after death, the judgment. It says, all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. No thief, no blasphemer, no adulterer will inherit God's kingdom. So what can you do to be saved from hell? Change everything I've done. How can that help? You try that in a court of law. Judge, I robbed a bank, shot the guard. I'm going to change everything. The judges say, so you should. You're going to jail. So how can you escape damnation? Is there any way you could tell me? I can't. I don't know how to answer that question. Hey, yeah, least, I can tell you. You already know. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yeah. Almost everybody has, but they don't know this. And Elijah, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law, Jesus paid the fine. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. Even though you're guilty, say, you're out of here, someone paid your fine. And it's legal. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you because of what Jesus did on the cross. He can let you live forever legally, all because of that death and resurrection. And all you have to do to find everlasting life is repent of your sins, turn from them, and trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. And God promises he'll grant you everlasting life as a free gift, not because you're good, but because he's good and kind and rich in mercy. Is this making sense? Yeah. You going to think about what we talked about? A lot. When are you going to repent and put your faith in Jesus instead of your own goodness? Probably on my walk back to the house. On your walk back to the house? Yeah. Say so you get killed on the way back. Why shouldn't you do it now? That's a good question. Yeah, because the devil's going to whisper in your heart, oh, do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. He's the father of lies. The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Are you sorry for your sins? Yeah. Well, all you need to do is say, God, I'm sorry, and yield your life to Christ, and you'll be born again. God will give you a new heart with new desires, so you love righteousness, and that'll be your own personal miracle. You'll love that which is right, and you want to please the God that gave you life more than anything because he gives you a new heart. So when are you going to get right with God? Now. Can I pray with you? Yeah. Perfect. Father, I pray for Elijah. Thank you for his soft heart, his openness to listen to the gospel. I pray you remind him of his past sins and give him a glimpse of your holiness, his secret sins and a glimpse of your holiness. May he be truly sorry today and find a place of true repentance and faith in Jesus. Be born again with a new heart and new desires. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? I got it on my phone.
Any of your family Christians? A lot of them, actually. Yeah. And they're praying for you that you'll come to salvation. And so today's been an answer to their prayer. So make sure you honor the Lord and don't go back to doing that which you know is morally wrong because nothing will happen if you do. But if you're genuine and you say, oh God, I want to please you, and you open his word and say, what would you, what would you have me to do, Lord? And your heart's yielded to him, he'll reveal himself to you. Not in voices or visions, but he'll give you that new heart that loves righteousness, and that'll be your own personal miracle, as I said. Can I give you a book I've written called Volatile? It's about Bible prophecy. 2,500 years ago, the Bible actually named the countries that would attack Israel in the last days. It named them. And we're seeing that happen on the news today. Would you like a free book? Yes. You going to think about what we talked about? I think about it every day. Oh. Oh, good talking to you. I like. I always like having a conversation with a fellow human. Like, say you forgive somebody, but you like think about it a lot or have dreams a lot, and you just can't like wrap your head around talking to them, like, or being able to tell them that you I forgive you and stuff, and I'm able to move on from it and have like a relationship with you. Yeah, like with a mum and dad that have done things that are bad and you think, how can I honour my mum and dad? But the Bible doesn't say honour your mum and dad because they deserve it. It says honour your mum and dad because God tells you to. I say to my kids, I don't deserve your honour. I'm a sinner. But God says honour me, so make sure you do. Because the Bible says this in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Honour your father and mother that all may be well with you and your days may be long upon the earth. In other words, if you don't honour your parents, all will not be well with you and your days will not be long on the earth. That should put the fear of God on you. So buy her flowers for no reason. Buy her a gift basket. Just with I love you, mum. And it'll break down all the barriers. It's very powerful love. The Bible says to forgive from your heart. And also, if you're trusting in Jesus, God's forgiven you all those sins. And it says make sure you forgive other people. More than ever now, I'm starting to like see that because I was talking to my my wife about it and I was saying like because I, I moved away from my grandma house like three weeks ago and I was mad at her and I ain't really talked to her since and I was talking to her like I was talking about um, I should call her and it's like I don't know what to say she texted me right away and said Elijah called me are you embarrassed to tell someone that you love them no yeah do it you know because you may not get opportunity Oh, he did it right there. He did it right there. It's a good there. thing to do. Often we're proud and we don't want to let people know that we smile love them, but on it's good face. to because you don't know if you're going to have them tomorrow and then you've got regret on your heart. You didn't say, oh, look, I love you and I really care about you. That's what it's about. Make sense? Yeah. Good to talk to you, man. Anything else to say? I love you too. <laughs> when oh, you became that. famous, you tracked down your dad. Mm -hmm. What happened? We had some some good conversations uh, that maybe helped me understand um, and maybe remedy some of the pain that I felt. I feel resolved about it because I did get some answers that I needed. Was I not good enough? Was I not worthy enough of your actual presence but I was giving your name? All of these things. And the one thing that he told me that was most valuable is where I know I couldn't be there for you, I prayed that God could. So, man, I was like, wow, that's okay. Kidding. We are giving away, free of charge, 12 million incredibly designed gospel tracks to coincide with the 2024 Olympics. Three billion people, that's 3,000 million, will watch the Olympics. And while they're watching, 
We'll be ready with these amazing gospel tracks. We'll be sending a team to Paris and hosting a free conference. But if you can't make it to Paris and you want to give these tracks away in your own country, we are printing them in Europe, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, and in the United States. Our first print is 12 million and we're giving them away free of charge. You just pay for the shipping. For details of how to join us in Paris or how to get these tracks in your own country, go to livingwaters.com forward slash Paris. Now, that is a man after God's own heart, if there ever was one. Ray Comfort is definitely a man after God's own heart. And I've only had one full conversation with Ray. And I got to tell you, that one full conversation that I had with Ray was mind-blowing mind-blowing follow ray comfort on two different youtube channels living waters and ray comfort just witnessing both are really great folks we got mike crispy coming up next god is always here on every show though so please bless these other show hosts with your presence bless their shows with a thumbs up help them get up on the leaderboard even if you don't watch them it takes five minutes to go through all the shows and just like them all that's what we hope today. God bless you. Remember, he became a helpless lamb, bound and beaten for you. You are special. And we're going to be taking calls on live from America today, so we hope that you're there. God bless you guys. Have a great morning. Mike Crispy Unafraid comes up next. See you at 11. Bye-bye. Take my words. Take my words.